that first verse, I was really ready to belt out that last part. And he goes, <laughs> second stanza. And I'm like, oh, boy, am I glad. I mean, I'm, I'm like, <gasps> ready to go. Amen. Well, Deuteronomy chapter number six. It's a great song. Goes along with the message this morning, didn't it? Amen. Some of you are saying, what message? I'm sorry, you don't remember. But uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verses 4 through 12 is what we're going to be reading. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verses 4 through 12. The title of my message is this, bind them. You'll see it in the, in the reading here, bind them. Verse number 4, I'll read. You join me on 5, so on down through verse number 12. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Y'all believe that, don't you? We're supposed to do that. All right, now look what else he says. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which plantest not, not beaten and be full. And uh, verse, verse number 12 says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You know, it's a sad thing when we forget what God's done. You know, sad thing. It, it, this is a danger of being saved for a long time. We forget about what that really was all about. I mean, we're still thankful for our salvation, but, you know, how wonderful it is. Remember the day you got saved, how great it was? You know, what we must not forget. That's why it's always good for us to give our testimony, always good to remember what Christ did for us. But tonight, you saw what he said there about binding these, uh, 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 in verse number 8, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as a frontlets between thine eyes. Title message is bind them. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you again for this time tonight. And I pray you help me now as I preach. Help us listen. Lord, I pray that our, our hearts might be in tune with the word of God tonight. And uh, you do something in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's interesting what God said in verse number 6 here this evening. Where he said, and These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. You know, we're talking about the words that he's talking about here. Is this the words of God? I'm thankful for tonight for the word of God, aren't you? I, uh, I, I'm so thankful for it. Uh, I, I think more and more I'm impressed with it. And uh, as you read it, it just impresses you how, how uh, you know, I mean, we know it's all right and it's all true, but uh, you just see it played out all the time. And, and it just, uh, we're impressed with it. It's a wonderful book, and the wonderful thing about it is it's a perfect book. The only book that's perfect is the King James Bible. I'm not talking about other perversions. I'm talking about this King James Bible. I believe it's perfect. I believe every word of God 
is pure, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. And, uh, and, I, and I, I know I've said this many times, that this Bible is a living book. Uh, it's not dead. It's a living book. You know, I think sometimes people treat it like it's dead, maybe because they're dead. But when we, they're saved people, we read it, I think we can find something and realize that it's alive, and it really is. It's a living book. I told you the other week about that preacher said, turn your living Bibles, and all those preachers got upset. But he said, hey, my King James Bible's a living Bible. And I, I think about it. About it. It's inexhaustible. Uh, you just can't get through it all. Most, probably pretty much every preacher probably that ever went in the ministry wondered this, what do I do when I finish preaching all the Bible? You never finish preaching all the Bible because it's inexhaustible. There's just so much there for us. Uh, I preach several sermons out of different verses, one verse, and you have many different sermons out of that. Uh, that doesn't mean I preach the same sermon over and over again, but there's another thought there, another thought. It's more that you squeeze it. It's like that sponge. You get more out of it, and it's in inexhaustible. And uh, I, I think the longer that, that we have been saved, the, the more the Bible means to us because we have, we have seen it proved in our lives. You know, a new Christian, they just wonder about it. They say about faith, but we've been saved for a long time, have been able to look back and say, you know what, I put my faith in the Lord, and I've proven what God's Word said. I think this morning I preached about the, the birds and the lilies and how that the Lord said, I feed them. I think many of us, you know, we, we went through troubles and trials, and we worried sometimes. We talked about that. But we came to the place of realizing God was taking care of them. God did. And I think the longer we've been saved, we said, you know, I know that's true because we've seen it. And so I look to the Word of God. I think, you know, it's such a wonderful book, and, 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 and it has everything that we need. And, and uh, I look at the world today, and I, I think how, that the, you know, that the world uh, and the way it's going, we find many people give excuses for what's happening. Uh, you hear about uh, the drug problem, and you'll hear the world give their excuse for the drug problem. You hear about the uh, juvenile delinquency, and people give the excuse for that. And uh, the world's excuse. And uh, just about anything, the drunk, drunkenness. And they give an excuse why there's drunkenness, you know. And they say it's a disease. It's not a disease. It's sin. And uh, the world looks at things a whole lot differently there. But we know this. The Bible is true. When it comes to any situation we're talking about, whether it be drunkenness or drugs or, or uh, adultery, this transgender stuff and everything that's going on, uh, there's really no question about it because we know the word of God is, is true. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 6, and keep your place in Deuteronomy. Let's, let's, let's turn there real quick. I think it would be good for you to see it. You might want to mark that. Uh, this portion of scripture goes very well along with what we're talking about. Proverbs chapter number 6, and go to verse number 20. And we'll look down through verse 23. It says in verse number 20, My son, keep thy father's commandment. And forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart. There's where we get the word bind them again. Bind them continually upon thine heart. And tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So I find that... There that uh, he says about that my son, keep your father's commandments and your and uh, and and don't forsake the law of your mother. 
And uh, I think it, it shows us there a huge responsibility for what the Bible says is placed upon the mom and dad. Amen. There's responsibility. There's more to having children than just bringing children into the world. There's this, this thing of, of bringing them into this world than the responsibility. You know, I, I, I say this as a man, but you ladies understand. I think you know this too. The easy part is the birth. And e- that sounds really easy to, for me to say, right? But the easy part is the birth. The hard part is the raising of that child. But we have a book for it. We have the word of God that guides us in this process of training our children and the Bible said that in, in verse number 7, he said, and thou shalt, and I'm back in Deuteronomy now, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. I know he's talking about the parents here because he's talking about their children. He said, teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them. Now notice how he says it here, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou rises up and then he talks about binding them like we read in proverbs and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes so the lord says that we're to talk about these things uh, to our children and he said he said there that when we sit in our house we're to talk about it you know i think that would have times when we're just kind of you know just sitting around maybe at the table and we talk about things. You know, it's a good thing to talk about the things of God. You know, a lot of things we can talk about today, sports and everything else, you know, we could talk about. But it's good for us to talk about the Word of God. He said about when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, that would be when we're, we're just doing everyday things, walking along. It's a wonderful thing. You know, if we have the kids out in the woods or by the stream, we can talk to them about how God created all this. You know, we talked about, I think someone said today, you don't have to look far to see the beauty of God's creation. And we need to let our kids know because our, our children today are bombarded about evolution. And of course, we have the book that tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, when thou liest down, when thou liest down, uh, even as we go to bed, we need to think about the word of God, teach the word of God. When thou risest up, I think he was saying this. He said, man, all the time, all the time. Get the word of God into the hearts of our young people. I think it's one of the great needs there is today in America. And probably, I have to say this, probably in all the world. But I think about America where I live. One of the greatest needs is for our children to have the word of God. And yet, I see it not happening. But what is it that God tells us to, to teach them? And here it is, my words. He said, let these words, he said there, that, that, uh, and these words in verse 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. God has given us his words. Now, if God gave us his, told us to tell them and do all these things with his words, evidently we would have his words. And we do tonight, don't we? It's called King James Bible. I don't make any apologies on that. I don't care who's here, who's not here. I still believe it's King James Bible. I believe it is the word of God. And uh, I'm not going to change that. I uh, was talking to Dan yesterday, and he said there's a, a bunch of guys that are now, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're saying they're, they're King James, but what they're doing, they're, they're, they, they want to they go back to, the, to the, the, uh, uh, the, what they call the originals and what, what it should have said and what they are, Bible correctors. And uh, we don't need Bible correctors. We need Bible readers. 
We need to teach those things to our children there. But I look and the Bible says that we're what's to be taught, and that's the words. You know, I'm thankful for things that we learn. I, I was telling the men downstairs when the missionary said about that he went to he was going to Trinidad. Right away my mind went, where's that at? Did anybody else like that too? All, all of you are real smart though, probably, right? I started thinking, where's Trinidad? And what I thought what it was right off of Africa. Boy, if I was headed to Trinidad and bought a ticket, I'd be in a bad place. Because Trinidad, and some of you right now, you're, you don't know what to say because you don't know where Trinidad is either. But if you listen to the missionary, he said it was right off the coast of Venezuela. South America. Not Africa. Somebody right now saying, where's Venezuela? I don't know either, but I, I know it's right close to it. But uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think about, you know, that, that God says here now, now uh, there are a lot of things I don't know. But I'm glad I know the word of God, what it tells me. I don't understand everything, but I believe everything I read is right. Amen. You know, some of you folks say amen once in a while, so these boys up here know that I'm telling the truth. But this Bible has all the answers, all the answers for life, for everything, for every question you might have. That's why I think we're having such a problem today. I've never seen such a thing in all my life for this transgender stuff. I hate talking about it, but I'm telling you what, as much as it's thrown in the faces of Americans today, I think it's time for us to talk about it. I would rather talk about heaven. I'd rather talk about the birds and, and, the, and the lilies like I did this morning, but I think sometimes we need to bring up these things that are they're messing up our children. I've never seen such a time when it's just bombarded our children in the school systems today. Now, I've never been for public school systems. You know that. I, that's not news to you. But what's happening today is the indoctrination of our children in the public school system. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's ungodly things. It reminds me a lot of Romans chapter number 1. You know, and those things were going on. People were doing all these evil things, and God gave them up, you know. And, and uh, uh, they, 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 they were doing all kinds of wicked things. And I'm thinking, you know, that's exactly what's going on. Now, how do I know that this transgender stuff is wrong? The Bible. How is it that we've gotten to a place where the school systems think it's okay? How is it we got to the side? Think about this. Schools, when they started in, in the United States of America, were started in churches. The Bible was, the, was the, the school book that they used. And now we have my two dads, you know, uh, questioning what am I? And, uh, and, and all these books. And the thing was, you know, I heard about those things, but now it's being given to our children in the public school system. The drag shows, and that's disgusting to think about it, but I, I saw uh, there in one of, the, one of the articles I was reading this week about that the transgender, which is this, they were men, the drag shows are men dressed up like women. And I don't know about you, I really question you fellas if you want to dress like, like, like a woman. I mean, I have a problem with that. I think nobody ought to, ought to confuse us men with a woman. And then, and then they go and dress like that. And this guy was dressed up and had like a bathing suit on, one-piece bathing suit and makeup and hairdo and everything. And had, a, had, a, had a, I think it was an eighth-grade girl sitting in a chair. And he went and straddled across that girl at the school. Now, I don't know about you, but if it was my daughter and I found out that happened, two people are going two separate places. One is going 
to the morgue and the other one's going to jail. You say, which one are you? Jail. That is wicked. And yet we have people defending it. So how in the world could that ever happen? Missed what we're talking about tonight. We wonder how could, how could this happen where men think it's okay? You know, the Bible says, people say, well, you know, that's the way God made me. No, I, I look in the Word of God, I find out what God did. The Bible said in Genesis 1:27, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, I, 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 listened, to, I listened to one, uh, or listened to, I read this article, and this, this it said this, said that I am really a girl, and I know because God made me that way, she, talking about God, she made me that way. Where'd someone ever get an idea like that? You think they just made it up being stupid? No, they have gotten away from the word of God. My Bible tells me, I, don't know, I got a King James Bible, and, and people say, well, I have a hard time reading it. Well, you know, thee and thou is really tough. But if you just look into the Bible and read what it says, you'll find out that God made two sexes. He made two genders. He made a male and a female, and he didn't cross them together where they're, where they're a mixture of it. You say, but preacher, I just feel this way. You know why you feel that way? Because you've had your mind messed up with the things of this world rather than the things of the word of God. That's why we need to teach our boys to be men, because God made them males. And God made, I read one stupid thing, one, 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 uh, one supposedly smart person there said this, well, you know, there's no difference between the sexes. They said that, uh, this is what this one doctor said, that our bodies are made the same. The bone structure is the same. The bone structure is not the same. Understand that? You remember Biology. I don't know what these dumb bunnies have been doing. Maybe they've been smoking too much pot. Maybe that's what it is, and they got their brains all messed up. But now they're saying we're exactly the same, so you can just lean whatever you want. Where in the world did these things ever come from? I'll tell you where they came from when we got away from what God's Word says. I don't understand why people have so many questions about this stuff. But I hear people today, and this is the scary thing too. You understand there's a bunch of weirdos out there. There's a bunch of weird folks out there. I mean, I mean, they're as goofy as, as, as all get out. And, and they, they've got all kinds of goofy ideas. But you know, you know what's really, really beginning to, 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 to really tell and how it's spreading is this. You hear people saying this. We are fiscally conservative. I mean, we believe, you know, that we ought to not overspend. I think, you know, that we're not to be communistic in our, in our, uh, our, our money and, and, and how we run our government. And yet they say this, we're, 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 uh, uh, we're conservative fiscally, but liberal socially. What they're saying is this, yeah, we're kind of leaning to the right, but we also lean to the left because we don't want to offend anybody. And they say, you know, it really doesn't matter to me what those other people do. It matters to me what they do. Because they're doing it in front of our kids. They're doing it in front of our faces. They're destroying America. In Canada, one, some, some guy dressed up like a woman. There was a guy that was, was protesting. It. He was a, he was, I think it was a Christian man. And he was protesting against it. These, these two its came up and started cursing him right in his face. And all of a sudden, one of these women slash dude it was a man dressed up like a woman reached out and grabbed him by the neck and threw him down 
You know, people say we preach like this, we're hating. I'll tell you where the hate's at. Stand up and do what's right. You say, preacher, you hate those folks? I don't hate them. I hate their sin. They get saved, they wouldn't be doing that anymore. Things are going down really fast. Now that we have people that are conservative when it comes to financial things, but when it comes to social things, they're liberals saying, you know, well, that's all right. You know, these, these kids in, in, in the schools now. They're, I mean, our, uh, the, the Tennessee, in Tennessee, they, uh, uh, the governor, I think it, was, it wasn't the governor, he passed the thing that they couldn't uh, do these, uh, uh, help these kids trans, trans themselves. And, and all of a sudden, uh, they had judges in, I guess, Supreme Court or something like this and said, no, you, they throw that out. You can't do that. And they're not allowed to say anything about that shooter down in Nashville. Said, don't say it. NBC said, don't, you cannot. They told all their people, do not say, all their affiliates, don't say it's transgender. But what does the spokeswoman for the president say? You know, the, the kinky-haired woman, bug eyes and everything, always lying all the time? At only one of them that does that, right? But, uh, uh, you, know, you, know, you know what she said? She said the transgender people are now in danger. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they are. They're in danger of God's judgment. Amen. They better get right with God or they're going to find out there's a burning hell that they'll be in someday. You say, well, I'll preach you. Y'all not talk that way. I tell you that because I still believe the book. I'm glad when I grew up, I was taught these things we're teaching right here. And th- these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And teach them diligently, he said, unto thy children. But the Bible's very clear. You think about what's in, in Florida, spring break, I guess it's about over with now. Spring break, you know, you see all, all the news stuff about what's going on down there. Shootings, drugs, immorality, three-fourths nudity. Why? Somebody didn't pass the words, the words of God onto those kids. They've gone and had their brains dirtied. And the parents were too busy to teach them these things. I think if we read the Bible and we stuck with the Bible, there would not be the spring break down in Florida like that. Somebody didn't teach them. They've not learned. Somebody didn't keep the word of God in front of them. It's a sad thing when our kids get a little older, all of a sudden we let them make their own choices about going to church. As long as they live under our roof, we make the choice, mom and dad. Because they need the word of God. And by the way, they need it more than just in church. They need it when they go home too. Be very careful about criticizing messages. Now, you may not like me. That's okay. I'm going to preach what I want. And you may not like the sermon. That's okay too. But I'll tell you right now, don't you go criticizing in front of your kids. You say, well, there's certain things I'm okay, but you better not criticize them in front of the kids because what the preacher's preaching is the words of God. You think about it today, how many, how many even Christians drink alcohol today? You say, well, you know, I, you, know you hear about these, you know, sometimes celebrities even, they, you know, they say, man, I just want to thank God. I'm glad I know Jesus, you know, and, they, and they're out there drinking and carrying on and smoking and doing all that stuff. And you think, you know, what in the world are you talking about? Where are you coming from? 
I think, you know, if you're a Christian, you read the Word of God and find out what the Bible says about those things. The Bible says don't look on the why and why it's turning red, why it moves. What's that? The fermentation. Don't mess with that stuff. You say, well, you know, Jesus drank wine. Watch your mouth. You understand what the wine in the Bible is talking about there was the fruit of the vine, not the fermented liquor that you want to have. Amen. You know, there's churches today, and I mean, there's even some of the, I, I understand even some of the Mennonites, what they have is, is liquor. They have fermented wine at their Lord's Supper. What is that a slap in the face to our Lord? You say, why would they do that? Because they've not read what the words say in the word of God. What God said about it. God wouldn't implement something that he already said not to do. But then we got churches and for example, the Catholic Church where the priest pours the fermented wine. Like I said, some of the Mennonite folks do the same thing. And there's others too, I'm sure. They pour that, pour that wine. What happens is the kids believe it's okay. Oh no, they know it's okay for the adults. Let me tell you something. If it's wrong for the kids, if it's wrong for the kids, it's wrong for the adults too. I remember our college that I went to, the college I went to, they bought the uh, we had we had a little place they called Baptist City there at first and and where they built some buildings for the schools, and, and uh, then, then the school got too big and, and needed some more, and so there was a, a, a monastery for sale, and it had, I forget how many acres, 50, 60 acres, I guess, maybe a little bit more than that, and it came up for sale for a million dollars, and uh, we just worked real hard, and we, we, uh, we did what we could, and people gave and bought that building, bought it. They, they were, uh, the monastery is where the, the monks were in training, and I'll tell you what, they were training, because when we got that building, guess what was downstairs in the basement? It was full of liquor. And I don't know how many times, I remember my parents saying about it too. They'd say, you know where that's at? They'd come on the news about some prostitutes got arrested. You know where they were arrested at? The monastery. Yeah. You wonder, you say, but they're men of the cloth. They may have cloth, but they didn't have the words. The word of God. I think about you know, the problem is they may be clergy, what they, the world calls but this them, but they're not, they have no Bible. I think about the drug problem today, and it's horrible. It's like a plague, isn't it? People all over, are at, and I feel bad for moms and dads who have lost children over the drugs. I feel bad for them. But I also wonder, don't, don't think I'm trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but I also wonder if they did what this verse, these verses said. They have this idea it's all right to try things. They say, we want our kids to be able to try with knowing that it's safe. You don't try sin to see if it's safe. You don't do it. Boys, you don't need to try beer to find out if it's okay. I mean, if you have that kind of sense, I'm going to give you some rat poison after the service. I'll say, here's some decon. Here, Noah, have some decon, and it's good. You say, man, I'm not, I'm not eating that stuff. Why? It's poison. You don't have to try to find that out. He doesn't have to nibble on that, so we have to take him to the hospital and get his stomach pumped. He just needs to know this. Don't take rat poison. You got that, boy? You got it, man. The rest of you, hey, don't drink alcohol. You say, but I don't know what it tastes like. Praise the Lord. 
Listen to him. We want to blame the cartels. I think I said this last week. We want to blame China for our drug problem. But the problem is we've ignored the word of God. Yeah, I think it's wrong what China's doing, sending the stuff over. I think it's wrong what the cartels are doing. Don't get me wrong. But who would they give it to and who would they sell it to if we in America would get back to the book? They wouldn't have a business. You say, preacher, how did we get in our world this way? How did it happen? Because we didn't do what he said in verses 6 through 9. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So, we got, so somebody's got to have it in their heart first. Moms and dads do. But it needs to go from your heart to your children. And may I say this too as a grandpa to our grandkids too. I think one of the greatest, greatest influences in my life was my grandfather. I found some pictures of him when he was holding me as a little baby. I was so cute. I know somebody right now going, what happened? He's holding me, and I, I looked at Grandpa, and I think, you know, he looked so proud holding his first grandson, first grandchild. And I remember the day that I surrendered my life to preach him meeting me as I turned around from the altar and with a big bear hug and hugged me. He said, I have been praying for this for years. You know what he did? You know what kind of man he was? The things he knew he gave to me. Thank the Lord. Why is our world a mess? Because moms and dads, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. You didn't get it in your heart. Moms and dads, this, this evening, I guess we could have an invitation for this. Every mom and dad, get it in your heart. Get the word of God in your heart. And then the second thing is this. Let's go and take those things. And, that, and, and, and verse number 7 says, and thou shalt teach them. Notice how it says, teach them diligently unto thy children. Not just once in a while, diligently. That means you're good to do it on purpose. Shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. It sounds to me like they're going to be bombarded with the word of God. You say, well, I'm just afraid I'll, 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 I'll chase them away. Maybe you start them out right. Start them out with it. You know, our kids ought to know that's a normal thing. I understand it's hard all of a sudden as a teenager you try to force some things on them. I, I understand it's hard, but still we're parents. We're supposed to still be the bosses in the house. That's why you start out when they're young. Those little babies in the nursery right now, it's important for them to be in the nursery right now. We say, well, they don't know anything. I'm, I'm sure they, 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 they don't know a whole lot of things, that, but, but at least this, they'll know this. My parents took me to church when I was a baby. And when they start realizing what's going on, these guys here, they, they, they caught on to it. Thank the Lord. The devil knows how to keep people away from God. Truth is, the devil knows this book, this even this King James Bible. 
So what does he do? He tries to get us distracted. How does he get us distracted? More interested in playing in our toys and with making money that we don't have time for God. Let me tell you something. Nothing wrong with toys. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with playing. But you dead sure better make sure the word of God gets to them. You take that time for it. The Bible says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And I look and I think, well, who in the world is he talking to about that? He's talking to the parents. I think one of the reasons, you know, everybody's talking about it. These young people today, whatever happened to them? I'll tell you what happened to them. They had some moms and dads that didn't grind into them and, and, and get ingrained in them the word of God. Sad thing is, most kids don't know. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. He's talking about mom and dad. And he's talking to the kids. Don't forsake the law of uh, the, the, the instruction of your father. Thank the Lord instruction you get from dad. You know, dad's older, of course, and grandpas are even older yet. I'll tell you what, you're wise to realize how wise they are. Amen. I always pick on the boys up there. I got little girls back here, too. I'll talk to you all, too. Amen. But you just don't look as mean as these guys do here. That's why I don't have to, you know, get the, get the girls involved in it. But this is for the girls and the boys. This is for the moms and the dads. You say, preacher, I'm doing those things. And keep it up. Keep it up. But he said there in Proverbs 1.8, My son, I just read the first verse, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. So what happens? You've been learning things. Don't forsake that just because you become a teenager. You don't forsake it because all of a sudden you get to be 18. Why, I'm old enough to vote. You may be old enough to vote, but you could be as dumb as a rock if you don't listen to the word of God. And he said, for, sh- for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and, the- and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. How in the world are they going to know about don't consent when all of a sudden the wicked stuff. I- I'm like this. Why are children in our schools being duped by these ignorant teachers about transgenderism? Because they don't know it's wrong. Well, honey, we don't want to offend anybody. Uh, You better allow your children to offend other people when it comes to things like that. You know, I I mean, I'm honestly, I don't, I don't go around trying to offend people. But when I got a man standing next to me who's dressed like a woman, I don't care if I offend him. I mean, I. I, One, I think I, I know I told it there. One day we went to Wendy's, and I'm telling you, I saw an it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a guy dressed up like a woman. I mean, had a eye makeup on like it bought it at Sherwin-Williams. I mean, it was all dialed up there and, and, and pulled up there. Made sure the bag was already closed before I said anything. Amen? And I said to my wife, I said, look at that. You say, well, that might offend them. Well, I hope it does. I hope they feel embarrassed for looking like a woman. And I'll say this, too. He was a very ugly woman. I don't know where they get off thinking they look so pretty. They look ugly. Amen. Well, preacher, you've lost it. No, I think I found it. I think I found it. And so what happens, you know, we're, we're, you say, well, preacher, well, you know, then so, so how do we do it? Now, I believe this. I believe teach our kids 
how to fish, how to hunt. Teach kids how to throw a ball. Teach your boys you don't go. Okay. Teach them how to catch it with a mitt. Teach them how to throw a football. Teach them how to read their Bible. Teach them how to treat young ladies. Teach them how to have respect for mom and dad and respect for the preacher and respect for the teachers. Have respect for those, their elders. Teach them those things. But the devil gets us to ignore the word of God. And so the devil knows that sometimes, you know, it's easy to get some people off, get them busy with their toys and everything. But there are some people, they'll stick with the word of God and they'll still go to church. Maybe not the right kind of church and they'll go once in a while. And so what's the devil do? He says, you know, I'm not doing enough. And there he starts, because he can't get the Bible out of their hand, gives them a switcheroo and gives them a different one. That's what's happening today. People say, man, we still believe the Bible. I just got me a new one, an ESV. That sounds like an electric vehicle, doesn't it? Hang on, we got us an ESV, English Standard Version. It's a perversion. Well, I got this new one. You know what the devil did? He says, hey, that's all right. You want, you want a Bible here? Let me give you one that you can understand because you're stupid. And gives you another Bible so that you can get the these and thous out of there. And take your Bible away. Let me tell you something. When he steals away this book here, he is a thief. He's a crook. He's no good. And you're not going to get something better. So, preacher, that's not the way they talk about it today. Well, that's the way they used to talk about it. And just for your information, we're going to still talk about it like that here. We're to teach these words. Well, if we're to teach these words, we better sure enough have these words then, huh? So I've got to stick with this book. More and more the devil has influenced people and getting them to ignore the Bible and then to play the switcheroo on them and give them something else. And, and, uh, and parents not teaching the, 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 our children. Uh, you, know, you say, well, preacher, you know, that's, that's for other people to teach our children. Well, listen to this, all right? You're still with me, aren't you? All right. Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So if I went to a liberal church, I better, I, I'm, I'm dead sure going to put a kid in the wrong Sunday school class. Amen. I send my kids off to a teacher at school that's lost. I'm dead sure not doing what God said. This is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth away of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Listen to the kids today where they talk about things we lock oftentimes we wonder where do these college students get these ideas they got them from a lot of the the professors in the colleges but they got them in the high schools and they got them in the grade school and here's the thing and they didn't get the right things when they were home and we wonder how in the world are they getting through these kids how are they making little kids wonder what sex they are because they've not been taught diligently at home i'm telling you I listened to a professor, I didn't listen, I read it. A professor this week said about, you know, they had some, they had some conservatives come to the college and, and uh, you know, they want to hear both sides, they say, the college. They want to open their minds. They open their minds like a dumpster letting all the garbage in. 
And yet you have a conservative come and all of a sudden they protest and they get up and they yell and they scream at him and they call him a hater and everything else, dirty words they could think of. And I, I, I heard one professor said this, he made the statement, he said this, he said, some people you don't need to protest against. You need just kill them. Do you understand how awful that is? A professor in university said that. Unbelievable. You say, preacher, why would someone send someone to the school like that? I don't know. We send our kids to schools today where they have an American flag. Well, praise the Lord, and right next to it is a rainbow flag. It's happening. Teachers in schools putting this up, this transgender stuff, and putting the, 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 the rainbow posters up and everything else. You say, well, preacher, we just want to be all-inclusive. Well, next time you have a steak, pour rat poison in the same bowl. Be inclusive. That's hogwash. That's why they say that kids being taught drag is fine. Schools are doing that. Schools have pornographic books in the library. And all of a sudden, you have a governor that says, we're not going to do that here. And all of a sudden, you hate people. You know why we say we're not having stuff like that? Because we love people. I love these kids enough to tell these things tonight so that they don't have to go through those awful things. I know we got upset when they took the Bibles out of the schools. But I believe this, and I've preached it for years, I believe that before the Bibles ever got taken out of the schools was because they were taken out of our homes. Try to get kids to come to Sunday school these days. I was talking with someone the other day. They said, you know, there was a time, I think it was Ethan I was talking to, and he says, there was a time when we could get kids, and they live in an area where there's a lot of apartment buildings and and, uh, poor places, and you could always get loads of kids out of there. Go to him now, and he says, they don't want to come to Sunday school. Why? They're so messed up. The devil's got a hold of them already. What's one of the main reasons? The mom and dad is not following what God's word says. You know, you know what's great? Watching our kids come to church, excited about it. You know why? They've been doing it since they were in the nursery. They just come, and that's just, that's just the way it's supposed to be. You say, well, I don't want them just to get used to it. Why not? Why not get used to doing right? Amen. But you see, when you leave the word of God, as Deuteronomy chapter 6 said here, you see these things happening. Like I said, they took the Bibles out of the schools before that, took them out of our homes. And now we look and see what's happening. The answer is not to play along with the world. That's not the answer at all. The answer is to get back to the book. Get back to the words and teach them to our children. You know, the sad thing in our churches today, I mean, in some churches, the only people in a church is old people. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't have anything against old people anymore because I is one, all right? Anything against old people. I'm saying this, our churches ought not be just old people. The reason they are is because we're not reaching the young people with the gospel and reaching them with those things that are right. You know, those kids, when we get old, ought to say, you know what, I need a church like mom and dad has. That's what they need. 
So what we need to do, get back to what the Bible said. He said in verse 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So they've got to be in your heart first, Mom and Dad. And then diligently teach them to your children. You're never going to diligently teach them to your children until it's already in your own heart. Amen. Simple. That's simple. You know, this message here can help us from messing up our families. It can help us from messing up our kids. And young folks, it'll help you from messing up your life. So, preacher, I just want to try everything. May I say this? That's the dumbest thing in the world. There was a time, just in, just in our area, right up here on the road, there was these doofus kids. You know what they, they thought was cool? Lay down on the white line on the side of the road. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but when you lay down on that white line, I'm not talking the yellow line, that would be really dumb. But the white line up on the road, right here past the curve, the kids would go up there and they would lay on that white line and see how close cars would come to them. You know what? You keep doing that, you're going to have Goodyear on your face. You'll be buried, they're going to come to the funeral and say, well, bless his heart, was his name Goodyear? No, he was just stupid. Why do people do such stupid things? Because they've not been taught right. The word of God's not been ingrained in their heads and their minds. More, more than ever, we need to read and listen and obey the word of God. Amen. We ought to decide that tonight. All you young folks in here tonight, decide it. Boys, girls, decide this. I am going to live the Bible. Moms and dads ought to have a, just say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to gird up our loins here now. We're going to get busy. We're going to get these things in my kid's life. So they'll know when someone says, well, you know, there's many different genders. They go, no. I, I remember back in the 60s when the, when the Beatles came around. I'm not talking about the bugs. I'm talking about the long-haired guys from England. Right? Some of you even old, younger adults don't know what I'm talking about. But they were, they were they, you know, there was, there was the Beatles. And I remember, I remember a teacher in school said, one, one boy came to school and he began to grow his hair long. And he had his hair down, was down on his collar. In the public school, and, and the, 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 the principal said, hey, uh, you, you can't have long hair. Can you imagine a public school? He said, you can't have that long hair. His mom and dad came down and fought the school about it. Next thing I heard was this. And I remember, I, I, I know it is... It, <laughs> His last name was 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 Young. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't I don't think you're related or anything. But I, that was his name. Bill Young was his name. You know, there's no Bill in your family, is there? Oh no. <laughs> My age. My age. Oh good. It was a different one. He was Jewish too. We're okay. All right. They're looking like I don't know why to get us in this. Oh, Bill Young, he, 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 was this, he was a Jewish kid there, and I, he had this long hair. And his, his mom and dad came in and, and, and fought with the school about it. And then one of the teachers stood up, and she said this. We're all sitting in class one day, and she goes, 
well, boys and girls, we, not, we don't need to be mean to Bill because really Jesus had long hair. And I was sitting in, in, the, in the class. And she said, yes, Mark. I said, no, Jesus didn't have long hair. I was in fifth grade. No, Jesus didn't have long hair. She goes, yeah, he did. No, he didn't. You know where I got that from? Somebody taught me that. Oh, you know what they taught me? The word of God. It's a shame for a man to have long hair, you see. So let's get it in our kid's head. Let them learn it early. And if sometimes, here's, here's the scary thing when you, get, when, you, when you get the kids the right stuff is when relatives come around. Old son, Uncle Bill, comes to the house with his long hair and the kids look at him like this. Lydia, when you were a little girl, she see people sucking a cigarette, and she go, "They're wicked people." <laughs> One day there at the mall, wasn't it? There she, she saw they were they were both they were smoking there, and she had to walk between them there to get there. And all of a sudden, she did this. <laughs> you say, "Weren't you embarrassed?" No, I say, "Good job, Lydia." You say, "Well, that, that was mean to those people." No, they were they were wrong by blowing smoke in her face. Why would they do something like that? Because they were taught. Let's teach our kids these things. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you again for the time this evening. Thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we, we kind of throw a fit sometimes about things, but I believe we need to. We need to let it be known. These things are wicked. They're vile. We need to stay away from them. We need to know what we're supposed to do. Lord, we need to quit playing patty cake and just get down to the nitty-gritty and just preach what the word says. Help us understand this tonight. Help every mom and dad. Help every grandparent. Help every child in this room to get what we've talked about tonight. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here, you're not sure you're saved. In a moment, we'll have an invitation. You can come and trust the Lord as your Savior. Maybe you're here this evening, you don't know for sure. You can come and we'll let you, we'll take a Bible and share with you how you can know 100% sure you're going to heaven, a Christian tonight. Let's, let's, let's decide this evening. We're going to do what that book says. We're going to do what that book says. I know a lot of grandparents in this room. Our kids need not us grandparents to think and laugh at their sin. They need us to speak up and warn them and tell them what the Bible says. You'll be glad you did. Father, I pray you bless now this invitation. May we respond as we should this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.